episode 341. I remember coming out of one of the uh, tests and uh, saying to Sandy, so what are we doing about the shop? She goes, don't worry about it. Uh, Carlo's going to take care of it. I said, okay, well, if Carlo's got it. He gets the guys helping. Uh, I'll let them run with it and I'll just deal with what I got to deal with, which is all this uh, hard stuff right now. So it was comforting to know that uh, my guys had my back. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome to episode 341 of Remarkable Results Radio. Hey, I hope you're well. Props to every listener throughout North America and around the world, and especially to my Canadian listeners. Now, this episode features four of your colleagues. Prepare for an inspiring and heartwarming story, a story of friendship, resiliency, and camaraderie within a group of friends that offered to lend their expertise to a fellow shop owner who suffered a heart attack. We hear stories like this, and it's time we document one here on the podcast. Carm Capriato here to tell you that the Aftermarket's premier podcast is supported by Federal Mogul Motor Parts. They are the reason you enjoy these great aftermarket interviews. You know the brands. You've embraced them for years. Moog, Felpro, Wagner Brake, Anco, Champion, Seal Power, FP Diesel, and a whole lot more. They're the parts text trust. Get more information on these brands and the great programs for you at fmmotorparts.com. Hey, are you listening to the podcast on your desktop? Would you like to go mobile? You can subscribe to my very own Remarkable Results radio app for mobile smart devices. The podcast appears on over 12 subscription services, but it's even easier with my own app for iOS and Android. Simply go to your app store, search for Remarkable Results Radio, install, and never miss an episode. Hey, the network of listeners builds in the aftermarket's learning superhighway, and I'm honored to make so many connections like new Facebook friends, Brad Wogamuth, Kenneth Kwasney, Bobby Poist, Gary Lusher, and Robert Ayers, and my latest LinkedIn connections, Elias Mercer, Mark Wishcamper, and Matej Borko. Get connected. RemarkableResults.biz slash social. Hey, the key talking points and additional bio information with Mark Bergazi and friends is found at remarkableresults.biz slash E341. You know, it happens more often than we care to admit. A business crisis, either health or some type of disaster. The big question is, what happens next? There are many great stories of support and friendship in this industry of ours. This is the story of Mark Bergazi from Mark's Auto Service from Oakville, Ontario. Now, Mark encountered chest pains over a few-month period and went in for a stress test and found out that he had a mild heart attack. He was immediately scheduled for a quadruple bypass. With this, he had no plans of being out of his shop for surgery or recovery. His wife, Sandy, knew she needed a plan that didn't exist. Now, what happens next is the story you're about to hear. And as if Providence lent its hand, Glenn Colling of Eastside Auto Service in Oakville, Ontario, Todd Sarson of Stop and Go Automotive Burlington, Ontario, and Carlos Abuco of Seals Complete Auto Care Center in Oakville, Ontario, came to the rescue. They ran the business for Mark and Sandy while Mark recovered. The strong culture already in place provided a smooth transition while Mark recovered. There are some very strong and valuable lessons to think about as a business owner when and if you or your business would ever have to deal with a health or some other type of challenge or disaster. 
You need to have a contingency plan, and this episode, I hope, will open your eyes to do something about it, because you think it will never happen to you. Please listen with an open heart and open mind as these competitors brought continuity to Mark's business until he recovered. This story will make you think of life's unexpected challenges and the resiliency and strength of the human spirit. I'm so honored that Mark, Todd, Carlo, and Glenn shared this story so that others will benefit. You can say, this will never happen to me, but hey, you never know. This is why I do my work, because of these stories that make us all realize that life is too short and the human spirit is so strong. Keep in mind, this is a story of Friendship First. Enjoy. Hey, a warm welcome to Mark Bergasi from Mark's Auto Service in Oakville, Ontario. Hello, Mark. Hi. Mark, this entire episode is about you. <laughs> okay. I also want to introduce everyone else who's with us. Todd Sarson from Stop and Go Automotive in Burlington, Ontario. Hello, Todd. Hello. And Carlo Sabuco from Sills Auto Center in Oakville, Ontario. Hello there. And Glenn Calling, Eastside Auto, Oakville, Ontario. Hello, Carm. Interesting. Oakville, Oakville, Oakville. Mm, Burlington. You guys are all kind of huddled up there in the, the, in the Toronto area of Canada? Yeah, it's just out, it's a suburb of uh, Toronto, just outside, yeah. And you guys are friends. Most importantly, first, you are friends, not competitors. Correct. So that's the gist of our story here. We've had episodes before, guys, where we've talked about, you know, the contingency plan if something happens. And uh, we have now a, a great panel and uh, I think a great story to tell, Mark. So you were on a treadmill having a stress test. Yeah, um, I was at the hospital doing some testing because I was having minor chest pains. And uh, during that stress test, the pains were happening, which I was glad because they were trying to diagnose this problem. So on this on the treadmill, starting to do the chest pains, and they're starting to see it on the scope. And you know, being an automotive troubleshooter, it was interesting for me because it's like, yeah, there it is. You can see it. You know what I mean? So they aborted the test, and then uh, took me off the uh, treadmill, of course. And they said, "How are you?" And I said, "I'm fine. It's just it's that chest pain that's been happening for the last uh, you know three months. We've been trying to locate. This is what it's doing." So then they admitted me to hospital again and did a bunch of more tests, blood tests and everything else. And in fact, I was having a heart attack at the time. So what a great place to be. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, I was glad I was there, but also worried because I wasn't at the shop, of course. It was Thursday during business hours and I just ducked out for my one hour appointment. Oh, so you were just going to leave and then come back into the thick of it again, because that's what we do. <laughs> Correct. We stress over the micro minutia of our businesses every day. Right, Mark? Yeah, I think that micro minutia is what makes up our day X. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, I hope we understand and we learn that some of that stuff isn't as important as we think it is. No, you got to take care of your body and your health for sure. Just like we got to take care of our cars for our customers, right? So Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. They said, listen, we're going to admit you. And, I mean, you know, listen, I... I know friends who, who get these, these uh, interesting um, doctors says, well, here's what we have to do. We, we have to get inside and fix your heart. And you say, well, okay, listen, I can schedule for that. Uh, you know, how about next month, uh, second Tuesday? Exactly. Exactly. That was my question to him. It's like, okay, so we got to do this like um, uh, next month? And he says, no, like tomorrow. And it was like, oh, okay. So you just roll with the punches at that point. What a shock. Um, was your wife Sandy there with you? 
Uh, yeah, she was. And uh, she's like, okay, well, we'll just deal with this first and we'll worry about the shop later, so to speak. And then, uh, yeah, she was uh, dealing with it with me as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's the right thing to say. The shop will survive, we hope. <laughs> Short term, it will survive, yeah. Yeah. And because I'm only going to be in here for a couple of weeks, I'll be right back at it on the counter, pulling levers, shouting orders, doing what I have to do. And then you realize that the doctor probably said, what, a couple of months? Yeah, well, they said uh, if uh, if we do go to open heart surgery, there is usually a six month recovery time, and I'm going six months. No, this can't be. This can't happen. You know, so I was in pretty good health anyway. So it turned out to be two months, but still, it was a long two months. So you and Sandy said, okay, uh, six months, because you didn't really realize it, it. It would have taken you two, and you say, now what do we do? Now we have no backup or disaster plan in the works at all uh, you probably had every password for any sign on site you know somewhere in your mind you never shared with anyone yeah all the keys to the kingdom were probably in my head yes i would say so yeah that's a, that's a great way to say it <laughs> so so here come your friends they obviously sandy must have said we need to tell some people about this carlo you were you the first call she made yeah, I believe it was a Friday night. Sandy sent me a text, mm-hmm. um, and then we ended up talking. And uh, inevitably, it was this is the situation, and, and um, what do we do? And no, it didn't take but more than a couple seconds to give the answer, which was, "You take care of Mark, and I'll take care of the shop." I think it was pretty much easy from there. Is she went back to taking care of Mark, and we took over his facility. When did the we come in, or was that your contingency plan, Carlo, that you were going to call in Glenn and Todd? I think it was probably, I started maybe emailing that night to say, guys, what's up? You know, can we help out? Can we quarterback Mark's shop and, and work together? I think the original thought was, okay, we'll share it, sort of pass it around uh, and get it taken care of. And then it sort of evolved from there to... I sort of ran it, and the other guys were awesome support team to make it all come together. So we made sure that there was no uh, no balls being dropped. So we had all bases covered, you know, Monday morning. I'm talking with Mike Zralik, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Mike, are you an extension of the technical support center we all know as Garage Guru? Most definitely. You know, I spend a lot of time there. Um, I'm involved in all the classes that go on there. I actually host classes there, such as our ASC test prep courses. Um, so very much so an extension of that. Mike, you're in the shop. So what's the greatest outcome that you see from the techs and service advisors that you're spending time with? Not only are they learning about great product, but we get to talk shop. So like, you know, I was in a shop earlier today and we were talking about some electrical diagnosis he was doing and he was actually having a problem finding some schematics and we were able to work with that and talk back and forth. So I was able to get educated on a problem he's having in the field, you know, where I can share that with others and and I can share other ideas from other people with him. Do you actually put product in the hands of the technicians you have to. That's, you know, in, in this industry, a lot of guys are like myself. You got to touch it, feel it, play with it. You know, just telling them about features and benefits isn't going to sell it. You put it in their hands, that's going to sell it hands down. So you take the new Wagner OEX brake pad and you put it in someone's hands. What, what happens? First thing they do is say, wow. 
Uh, you know, and they, then they start asking questions about the unique design of it, the unique shape, and and the purpose of that. You know, and they're very blown away by the technology that we put into it. They're amazed by it, and they're they're loving it. Eyes light up, aha moments. You bet, you bet. And why is it taking so long to get this out in the market? And I need them, and I want it right now. Exactly. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. Think about your business, Mark, and here comes Carlo, Glenn, and Todd in to help you had to have such a great team that they said, yeah, let's let's work together. Let's make this happen, even though these guys compete in the same marketplace. Yeah, well, when uh, I remember coming out of one of the uh, tests and uh, saying to Sandy, so what are we doing about the shop? She goes, don't worry about it. Uh, Carlo's going to take care of it. I said, okay, well, if Carlo's got it. And he gets the guys helping. Uh, I'll let them run with it and I'll just deal with what I got to deal with, which is all this uh, hard stuff right now. So it was comforting to know that uh, my guys had my back. But what you didn't know is when you came back, there was going to be a total transformation. Like I said, I, I basically gave him keys to the kingdom and, and he made some subtle changes. Um, Drove and- like I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a complete makeover, but it was definitely uh, some synergy added to it for sure. So uh, he did a great job of... Uh, changing some of the software packages and, and uh, making it flow much better, yes. Well, cool. Glenn, tell me about your involvement as you were out there helping, you know, a couple of weeks in. Uh, and and you, you, Todd, and, and Carlo, you, you're talking about this, you're getting together, you're looking at things. Tell us about the evolution of what you were doing to help Mark. Yeah, well, I got I got a text uh, that weekend from Carlo uh, explaining what was happening uh, with Mark, and uh, again, just like Carlo, without hesitation, I'm like, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there Monday morning. So we jumped in and um, we started running his shop. I, li- I like the term that Carlo used. He drove it like he stole it because he, he took the help. <laughs> uh, really did a fantastic job at uh, getting all the resources together to make this happen. So we all come from a, a shop pros group. We we all have very similar procedures and policies and all those sort of things, but we realized that we may not all run them exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think when we walked into Mark's shop, we thought that it might be a little more easier than it was. Not to say that it was really hard because he did a great job. He had a lot of stuff in place, but there was a lot of really important tweaks, I think, that we, that Carlo and, and us made just to kind of be able to, to run it more like we would all do it together. But isn't that part of the story? We're, we're, Mark, we're so busy. We're, we're, we're driving the point of the plow. And there's a million things we could be doing to, as you say, Glenn, tweak things, uh, enhance things, make things better. And Mark, would you say that you were working in your business versus on it? For the last uh, probably 10 years, we've been working on our businesses. And um, about a year and a half ago, I was without uh, front counter staff. So I was forced to work in my business. So for about a year and a half, my head was my head was down just making it run. Run better as an owner running it, but you can't look at the whole big, big picture when you're busy carrying the ball. You are so right. When, when we think of how fast business is going at the speed of life, 
uh, you're right, a year and a half away from, you know, really you know, pulling different levers instead of just managing, you know, the throughput at the counter and, and growing sales and building customer relationships. Wow. Can you imagine how, <laughs> if you think what you do now working on your business and you would say, if I, if I pulled a year and a half of all those tweaks out, I would be behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these guys came in basically, and Todd, what was your role? I mean, did you have a anyone have the the specialty that that you brought to the uh, to Mark? I think everybody has their own specialty per se, but I could um, speak for Carlo and Glenn. Carlo basically spearheaded this task, um, coordinated when and who was working and at what point. So. It was just a matter of getting in there and figuring out how things are done. And once that uh, was sorted out, then it's business as usual, but at a different location. Yeah, I would I would add to that is uh, basically Carlos spearheaded it. That's a great term, Tom uh, Todd. Sorry, and uh, you know made sure that he was there every day and everybody was there helping. And my staff uh, staff. Uh, had nothing but good things to say about the guys and uh it was almost like it didn't happen you know what i mean so that was really good and i'm still getting feedback from customers coming in all the time and saying mark how are you and you know those guys that helped you out it's 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 so awesome that they're able to do that for you and they they do it just like you do it like it was it was seamless for the customers too except for the the shirt had a different name on their on their golf shirt at the front counter so what did you guys learn with about in this process I think one of the things I learned was just uh, the impact of the culture. And one thing I took away was the culture that Mark has created in his business with his passion for his staff and his technicians in particular. Those guys were unbelievable when we walked in like they were fully supportive. Okay, guys, let's get going. Never question a thing we did and just we're all in it for Mark. So for me, just, you know, going back to my own shop and, you know, I think we do have a great culture at my shops as well, but it was just, it cemented the importance of making sure that you have that great culture and taking care of your people because they're going to be behind you hundred percent. It was quite the experience, you know, you know, we always talk about karma and life. You know, I had prepared my companies to leave my office and join my team for the tire season, which is extremely busy around here. And to tell my service advisor that she's running my company by herself with a junior advisor and I left full time was um, one for my own personal business was really a true test of could this place run without me would the systems work we spent all these years building and it was uh, it was great to experience that and, and see where the ups and downs were but in mark's business you know the big takeaway was how we've as a group together shared ideas for 14 15 years and to watch us be able to jump in and within 48 hours get another person's business running and not only running smoothly, but I'd like to say it, running even more profitably with the owner on his counter, which was really fun to watch when you take the owner out of the business, how much more potential you could do when you put people in place. So it was nice to see how, and I'm a big person about systems, but how systems really drove the bus. And and Mark is uh, is was unique in his business. I... Um, I've met a lot of shop owners. Uh, some, I, I've been very fortunate to meet, be around some shop owners who talk about business culture. I've lived, listened in podcasts about culture. And Mark's team 
um, defines loyalty to the owner. They would do whatever it took, no matter what. And they're the, they're, they're the only shop owners, um, sh- employees that I ever saw that at the end of the day, they always huddled by themselves and talked about how their day went. I've never seen that. They just got all together. Everybody got together and they talked about how your day was and what was, was good, what was bad, without owner's influence. I, I, I'd almost dream to see that happen in so many shops. So Mark's culture is, it was phenomenal. So it was a great thing. And then from an owner standpoint, I think we, you know, the takeaway was um, owners need to have continuity plans in place. I learned that many years ago, that if something was to ever happen, we all need a, call it a operating procedures, that if something was to ever happen, spouse, child, whatever, business owner, I've learned that from several other management groups is we need to have a book with the keys to the kingdom written for us on just in case something happens. So it was nice to see that Mark immediately took action on that when we got back. So it was a great experience. Great point. Todd, I want to get to you, but Mark, I want to stop for a minute and talk about that, uh, you know, the, the praise you're getting for the culture inside your business. When you realize that you were going to be out for six months because that's what the doctor said, did you really think deep, long and hard that the our culture is so good that we're going to go a long way, even though I'm not there? I don't think so. I think my immediate reaction was, what are we going to do? And then with the guys helping me for the first month while I was recovered and at home and recovering, I guess, is my the second thought was, okay, we, we have to do something long-term because these guys can't help me out too much longer. You know what I mean? They've already, they've already given up quite a bit. So my immediate thing was to go into looking for uh, front counter staff to help me when I come back. And uh, so that was what my immediate reaction was, is like, wow, this is so awesome that they're helping me out, but I can't, I felt really guilty or bad taking their help. You know what I mean? Like, although we needed it, but uh, I I was concerned about their well-being at their own shops too. You know what I mean? So Todd, you're learning curve out of this. Well, I think Glenn and Carlo touched on the two big points for the takeaway, the culture and how, recognizing that the business is a system driven outside of that. I like getting together with everybody, Carlo and Glenn and seeing how Mark does things at the shop, how their guys are, are doing certain things and picking up little tips and tricks that you can bring back to your own place. I don't even know a situation where we've ever been to each other's shops and kind of worked in, in the day to day worked on the counter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've done it before at Glenn shop filling in for somebody and that was a, a great experience. So when Carlo was setting up the schedule is more of a living excitement. You guys mentioned processes and systems and I've always said that they win wars. And so because you had them firmly in place at your business, and I think, Carlo, you said working them for 14, 15 years, you know, improving them all the time, we put them to a test. We just recently interviewed Keith Benline and Jeremy O'Neill, and Keith talked about 10 steps to building a million-dollar-plus business, and his 10th step was freedom, that you do all these other steps so that you can gain the freedom so that you don't have to be at your business all the time. And what I just heard you say, you've done so many things right, and yet you go to work each and every day and you put in your, you know, your strong eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week or more, and you take work home. 
stress home, Mark. Let's let's discuss the stress thing here in a minute. I, th- I think that's one of the keys. You end up, Carlo, Todd, Glenn, uh, realizing that systems really was the answer for you guys to leave your business? It absolutely is for me, Carm. I've got uh, two locations here in Oakville with full staff at each. And just having all those systems in place assures me that as long as I get the right people to run those systems, things should work out. You know, I listened to uh, a little bit of the, the podcast um, that you were talking about earlier. And they're taught, one of the things they brought out that I actually wrote down was coaching and empowering your, your people versus managing them. And, you know, it's something I got to remember every day as well and, and very good for everybody else to know is, you know, grow your people and then let them be free to be who they are. And, you know, they're not going to do things exactly the same way you do it. So that did take some time for me to learn, too. But at the same time, you know, if as long as they can run those systems you got in place, that's it's absolutely key for me for what I would call my freedom tax, if you want to call it. Years ago, when we first started the group, you know, we started off as dealing with software, Protractor, you know, because there wasn't a real tech support there. And we learned to develop, think like IT people, essentially, at, okay, you have to have a handbook on how do you operate this software. And that just evolved into workflow racks. And then how do we all talk about checking in the customer? How does the car go through the shop? How do we park the car? Where should we park the car? And then we started copying each other. And it, people would always question us and say, like, you guys are competitors. Like, Glenn is essentially about a kilometer and a half away from my shop. We technically market in the same areas as well as um, Mark's shop, too. And people would say, you know, you guys are competitors with each other. And I said, no, technically, we're all in the same boat. There's lots of clients out there to take care of all our businesses. And why don't we copy each other? It makes life easier from a diagnostic standpoint of each other's businesses, from numbers to processes. It's um, we said years ago, and it's Todd's dad that you know I'm going to have to. I, I call him the grandfather of business, he, the guy who knows a lot about our industry. And, and Rex has helped a lot of shop owners. Rex really took a lot of time with us in the early days to help us develop all these processes and all these systems and get us thinking in the right path and, and, and stop thinking like independence and start thinking like a team. So a really good, uh, really good coach and really good mentor for us to be where we are today. What, a, what an honor, Todd, to have uh, you know, your dad be such an important part of this group. I remember interviewing a group from Canada, the Momentum Group, from way out uh, Western Canada there, and they had the same story to tell about one of the guy's dads who was so instrumental in, in helping all the, the young startup entrepreneurs get a handle on things. Todd, um, when, when you think about you know, the, the things that your dad did with this group, it was just a natural that you guys just came to Mark's aid. You didn't have to think about helping him more than a microsecond? No, it was more about managing your time, not about helping Mark. We'll obviously help now. Let's figure out our schedule and make it work. Did Rex uh, participate in any way? Or did Rex allow you to leave? Rex didn't participate in the day-to-day, but he had some opinions and voiced a few things along the way. And what his thoughts were, but we were, I'm sure we we're all speaking the same side that we're happy to do it. I mean, it's been such a great experience for me. I was thanking everyone for involving me in this because I learned a lot from this and uh, I'm happy I could be in a position to help. Thanks, buddy. 
No problem. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, he said a lot there, Mark. That uh, and you guys have all said a lot. We learned a lot. You, 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 and I'll bet you your biggest learning curve was what was behind you, not in front of you. And what I mean by that is that your business ran <laughs> with with you being removed for 25, 30, 40, 50 percent of the time. Were you guys just amazed by that? I know I was stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I said amazed. <laughs> You know, it's interesting when Mark was gone, Sandy would come in and it, they have, Mark has a huge whiteboard in his office. And, and as the days kept on going on, I started wiping off all the stuff he had on his whiteboard and started line by line putting all my notes. And I'd, get, I'd almost get too worried. You know, I said, Sandy, you can't let Mark see this whiteboard because this is all the things that I've been finding issues with and fixing. And Mark looked at it and I could see the frustration in Mark's face. But, you know, it's, from an owner's standpoint, Mark looked at it and said, okay, I got to fix it. And I went back and visited again. And each time I went back, you see the whiteboard of all the different things that needed to change in the company. All the things that we found issues with or problems, Mark tackled them one by one, whether it be inventory, cleanliness of the shop, various, a number of different things. And it, to watch him take action so fast and put people back in place on his front counter I got to commend Mark for, for really going from working in it to working on it really fast. All right, help me understand this, Mark. You're not supposed to be in the business to even see that whiteboard. What were you doing there? It was probably um, mid-December when I popped in because uh, I was – first first couple weeks, you're pretty much knocked out. And then the next month or so, you're starting to get mobile, although I probably looked a little gray and ashen. But uh, I was up and moving around. And like Carlos said, I, I came in and, and Sandy says, no, Carlos all worried about what you're going to think about it. I said, no, I'm happy. They can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? So, and I looked at the board and I go, yeah, those are all the things I wanted to do, but they kept getting wiped off the board because I was too busy dealing with day-to-day operations. So I was, I was glad to have that list. Did you tell the guys that the formula for nuclear fusion was on that board and they erased it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Einstein's own notes were actually on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know, back to the comment with uh, Rex there for a second. Shout out to Rex again. Is you know, it's something that stuck with me from a long time ago regarding systems, and it was it was to always run our little shops because they used to be little, and we've grown them bigger. Is is grow our little shops like we're a ten, twenty, thirty bay operation, and think like we're a twenty bay operation. Even though at the time we were three or four or six or eight or whatever, and and now we're all eight plus, you know what I mean? So, and I think what I did is I did a bit of backsliding there with my systems because you're you're the one man guy, you can carry it all in your head, you can you can you can you can wing it like that and wing it successfully for a short term, but not for a long term, and and to have new people step in and and see it. So, with what the guys did, especially Carlo did there changing some of the tweaking some of the systems and and massaging them uh, to be more uh, universal for new employees coming on board was very helpful was that the biggest you know revelation that you came away with no i think the biggest revelation is you need to have that keys to the kingdom book so if something goes wrong you have a you have an action plan uh, so that's my takeaway uh, at the end of it is is to have an action plan in place. Is that hard for business owners, guys, to do is to sit down and literally create that what happens next plan? Does it does it does it feel weird to sit down and want to do this? Because nothing's going to happen to me ever. Attitude. 
uh, for me, it, it's not so much, it's hard to do. It's, it's something you probably don't want to do, I guess. Um, and, you know, inevitably something's going to happen eventually, or we're going to sell or retire or whatever. But when something like that happens, it knocks you out at the knees and, and, and now you're into, you know, survival mode. It, it, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? I don't think you could even plan for that. So guys, Todd, Glenn, Carlo, do you have a plan? I do in my business. I do in my business, but I need to do a better job of actually putting it on paper and in a book. <laughs> I think if something happened to me tomorrow, I verbalized again, but you never know oh boy. All right. of exactly what I want, but we need to get it all written down. That's why we're doing this show. Uh, we're, we're really doing this show because I, I think there's going to be a plethora of takeaways for the listener to, to recognize things. And, and I, I guess I, you guys are sending a strong message. And uh, Glenn, you're gonna you're gonna write this down what tomorrow? Absolutely, we're all gonna get together again. I think what next week or the yeah. week after, and yeah. that will be one of our agenda items. Is okay, guys. We're gonna work on this book together. Even our processes and our our learning and our looking at different softwares and this stuff just never ends. But it's it's great to work as a group with these guys and we test drive different things and we decide okay are we going to implement it in our business or not? Um, you know, feed off each other and and really rip things apart. After this conversation, I think this will probably be one of the big things on our on our list to do list. Yeah. It goes up. It'll go on the whiteboard, Carm. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All I keep hearing is the word "group." Our group, the group. Is this a group of just you guys? Are there more in it? How did it start? What's the name of it? Mark stated well, the group started off as sort of protractor users. We called ourselves G Four back in 2014. Um, it started with four of four shops, four shop owners. Yeah, 2004. Sorry, 2004 back then. And just four shops. And we started on Protractor. And then we started doing composite numbers together. And then that evolved over the years from four of us to Glenn joining in, another gentleman from Sarnia um, joining in and sort of taking roots. And we sort of formed the group to be more formalized. So no specific meeting dates, uh, agendas, and sort of a natural respect for each other and how we we performed the meetings. And then a couple of years ago, and again, Rex was, I'm going to say the, the leader, if you want to call it that, in, in driving us to make change. And Rex sort of was a really good listener and helped guide a lot of us into growing this group a little bit further and further with how we did our numbers and stuff. And uh, inevitably, Rex took the ball with um, a couple other people, a gentleman by the name of Harry Cousins, and Rick Cloutier and formalized the group into Shop Pros, which is where Shop Pros now has come from. And Shop Pros is an evolution of this small little group, but the uniqueness of Shop Pros, everything that was built was tested, run in our shops, broken in our shops, brought back to the table, and re-evolved into new systems. So Shop Pros is, is who we were um, years ago, and we still talk about numbers and we still talk about systems, but we take in 14 years of all our experience and put it down on paper. And now Shop Pros is a founders group, which is some of the individuals that are on this call and a number of other shop owners, depending on where they stand with their business. So some of them are entry level, some of them are middle of the road, but it's nice to now be able to, and I, and I agree, I go back to Rex 
all the time. Rex has always said he's not in it for the money. He's not in it for the fame. He just wants to help a shop owner. And and Mark and Glenn and all all of us are just the same way. It's it's just about helping. So that's where Shop Pros who we are now. You get to a, sometimes a pinnacle in your life, and you want to just give back and give back. Yeah, that's yeah tough. for sure. Yeah. Why don't more shop owners want to participate in these groups? Here it is, you say, a kilometer and a half away from Glenn, I believe you are, Carlo? Mm-hmm. Yes. And and you're working together. In fact, just before we were here, you guys were talking about composites and numbers and stuff, and it was amazing. And, you know, I kind of joined in and was listening to you guys help each other out. I mean, there's no secret sauce. It's It's how hard you want to work, right, and how smart you want to work. I remember when there was a discussion about adding Glenn into the group and Glenn and I are, are, were colleagues and friends before that. And I thought, uh, well, it's pretty close to my trade area, but there's going to be a wealth of information to, to, to share with each other. So I welcomed Glenn with open arms and look where it got me now. <laughs> so, you know, it's, thanks Mark. <laughs> You know, so, and I'm sure, I'm sure Glenn was the same way. You know, he says, I know of Mark from seeing him at training or something or other, but we're going to trade, we're going to share numbers. And, you know, we used to laugh because we, we would share, we would share clients. We, we didn't even know, you know, and then Glenn would say, oh, I know this guy, he's in, he's been in my shop and I know that guy, he's been in my shop, you know, so. Yeah. Well, and you, you know what I think, I think the big word there is respect. Like, I think, you know, we all came together. We, we, we all have phenomenal skills and things that we know and have learned in our own past to share with everybody else. And, you know, you just form this tremendous respect for these guys where Mm -hmm. I would never, ever, ever step on any of their feet in any way. And I'm wondering, and I just don't know, back to your question about why don't more shop owners get involved? I don't know whether it's whether it's a mentality that they feel that everybody else in their market is their competitor, you know. But I feel in our group we're competing not so much against others in the aftermarket, which we are. But there's bigger players out there that, as a group, if we get together, we can beat them, you know. But I think it's the respect thing that that I, I I'm wondering if some people miss. I you know I, I love what you just said, guys. I want to challenge the thinking here. I'm, I'm a person who should join your group, and I'd like to join your group. I am not about to be embarrassed because my numbers are a little weak. And so I continue to balk at the idea of joining, not knowing that you guys would welcome with open arms and say, hey, listen, we can help or, you know, let's let's get together. Maybe we can find you a mentor. You got I guess you got to be willing to put your ego on the shelf. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember going to um, another, a different group previously about 10 years ago. The administrator was having trouble getting people to join. And it was a similar question to what you just said, Carm, is how do you get these people to come and join and wh- why would they not want to join? And I think it came down to um, lack of knowledge or ignorance about what the group is about. It's about sharing sharing intellect and sharing ideas and and helping with problems not creating problems you know what i mean so i don't know how you can get that message out to people that you have to work together in this trade doctors do it this whole situation with mark mark's almost like a brother to me with this situation because it's one of those cases if it wasn't for mark you know in 2013 i i, I was moving into my new shop i wanted to move into my new shop 
And uh, I remember I was at the cottage and I sat down with Mark and I said, Mark, I can't do this. I can't go from my little shop to here. I'm going to fail. And it was, it was pretty heart heavy that I was going to let it all slide. And Mark said, just suck it up, get it done. You're going to succeed. And it was the group with the numbers and we had processes where if it wasn't for Mark, I wouldn't have had the doors open for me today for that group member to inspire me to say, yes, you, you can step it up, Carlo. You can do it. And that's what a group is about, is someone who can inspire you. Kelly Bennett said it in your last podcast about ignorance and inspiration. And if it wasn't for Mark, I wouldn't be on the call. I wouldn't have been able to help Mark shop out. I probably would have still been where I was. And that's what a group is about. But shop owners put a dollar value to the cost of it and not look at the investment and the potential that it could generate and create. That was a big deal. So... Well, it wasn't. I remember the time that you were going through that, Carlo, and, and some of the, the rough months of meetings we actually had and just the support that we were able to, you know, give you and, and you had lots of questions back and look where you are today, right? Like you, you picked it up because of the challenges from what was going on in the group. Um, one of the things about, about the whole group process too, and I don't know whether this is the f- part of the fear because Carm, you were talking about, oh, I might be uh, uh, upset or nervous about my numbers and things like that. Well, now when we're in, a, in our group setting, we, got, we have become so close that one of the guys in our group talks about, hey man, this process is going to strip you down to your underwear because we're going to be able to see everything that's going on. And uh, you know what? We, we are challenged that way. And these guys know everything that's going on and we bring all kinds of different subjects up that uh, to work through and it, it's a great great process but glenn you realize that it, after you got over your initial couple of hard hits you realized that it was the healthiest thing you could do is to get down to the guts and, and learn from it and and i guess everyone in the group treats that with a level of respect and talk to me about the accountability piece uh, you know they they said hey listen you really got to look for some improvement in this area will you guys hold glenn accountable for the change at the next meeting <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Accountability is a, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big, uh, we have some new, uh, new members in our, uh, shop pros, uh, group from, from, uh, from the United States and there's some phenomenal shop owners, but yeah. And when you come to the group, accountability is great. You know, we all go to training courses and, you know, we've said it over every year, you know, you go to a training course, you come back, you're pumped as an owner, your staff goes, dear Lord, here he comes again with all this stuff. And then they fall off the bus and everybody settles back in again. The difference with the, some of the groups is the same thing. You go, you get excited to come back. But in this particular group and how we've grown, you make things accountable. In Mark's situation, you know, maybe we, I hold myself a bit of accountable to what happened to Mark is I remember looking at Mark and his business and it, we saw his numbers and we said, Mark, you got to get back on the counter and drive the bus because financially you need to go fix things. And maybe do we take a bit of, do we take a bit of ownership of what happened to Mark? No, maybe possibly, but we told him he's got to get back on the counter. Now he stayed there a little bit too long, but as, as group people and as groups, we made him accountable to his company and said, your numbers need you to go back. So um, accountability is a huge thing. And if you don't do it, then, Stop talking and let's get to the next person in the group. Yeah, yeah. Com- comes back to that respect thing, right? Absolutely. It's almost ultimate accountability, Mark, that you had where these guys were in your business for a few months. When they left, they were going to expect it to run like kind of they almost channeled it. 
Yes. Um, like I said, it wasn't like a, a complete makeover. It was more of a, a finesse or a tweak. Like when I came back uh, after the Christmas break, I started back on January 2nd or 3rd, whatever the Monday was. And I wasn't sure if I was physically going to be able to do it. Uh, and I had a new advisor starting that day. He only lasted one day. So that was my first day back as a new advisor that didn't come back the second day. But um, again, the, the because we had the systems and they were just tweaks, tweaks to my systems, uh, it was very easy to step back in that role. Uh, and, and with the help of what all the guys did for me in the background, um, taking care of a whole bunch of stuff on that whiteboard list, if you look at it that way, uh, allowed me to step back in uh, quite smoothly. You know what I mean? So, And then I did hire a new advisor on that Thursday of the first week, and he started on the Monday. So, you know, like things moved quite quickly. Is this the first time you guys have done this to this degree, or have you, uh, have you helped other people uh, that have had a situation? I remember a situation that I had. This is Glenn speaking, but um, we uh, had a situation where my father and I were away on vacation together, and it was usually my father and I that were in the business at the time. And my service manager um, uh, ended up in the hospital with kidney stones, so we had absolutely nobody to run the shop. So I got a phone call from one of the people, one of the guys here, who was explaining the situation. I'm like, well, I'm not sure what I'm, I'm going to have to jump on an airplane and come home. So I, I thought, well, before I do that, I'm going to call Rex. <laughs> Rex comes to the rescue again. So I called Rex, explained the situation. He basically said to me what Carlo said to Sandy. Okay, you, you take care of what's going on down there. Have some fun. I'll look after the business. And he arranged to have pretty well Beans, the guys that yeah. were on this call come in to my rescue. And you guys ran my business for, what, a week and a half, maybe a yeah. little longer. Um, so that's my story. We've done this before, uh, not to the degree that we, we for the like two months with Mark, but there's definitely been a lot of a lot of help amongst the group. Where's Rex? How come he's not on the show with us? He needs a show to himself. I think Rex would be a, a <laughs> podcast of his own for you. Yeah, yeah. I think he, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's not, it, it, you know, you want to, sometimes, you know, we talk about people who, you know, you, you had a gentleman on for, uh, you know, talk about legacies in the industry and, and not, yeah, not to, not to put Rex up there, you know, but he's an individual. Todd's dad is an individual who has done nothing but give in this industry. And I don't know how many ways, whether it be protractor, whether it be a phone call, whether it be group coaching, you can ask any coach out there. They've all heard of him. They've all had him as a student or as a guide. Uh, maybe I speak for myself or speak for, I know I would not be where I, where I am if it wasn't for Rex's leadership. Yeah, I second that as well. No pressure, Todd. I guess you're going to have to pull this off for me. Well, he's got the trainer in his pocket, so that's why he's doing so good. <laughs> Man. Uh, his coaching fees are less. <laughs> but I the stress levels are higher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just about ready to talk about stress. Uh, Mark, you're the best guy in the world to tell us about that and you know how how we wear our stress sometimes, you know, almost right up there on our cuff. Uh, have you changed your lifestyle at all after this? N not too much. I, I, sorry, I have. I, I, I've been eating a plant-based whole foods diet with no oil, no fat, no anything like that. So meals are not too exciting for me right now. But uh, health-wise, it's uh, I feel great. Probably dropped about 30 pounds doing that. 
and uh, hope to be off my meds soon so I won't be needing any any medications at all for the heart and stuff. But um, stress, you know, when, when I was going through the exercise with the hospital, they'd say, so, you know, background this and the family background that and and um, is your did you do you have a stressful job? And I said, no, I don't think so. And Sandy was there beside me, and she looks at me and gives me that look, like, oh. And I go, what? And she goes, your your job is stressful, man. Like you don't realize it how stressful it is on the front counter. And you know, I, I guess it it did add up uh, being an advisor, doing a job of two people, and also the manager, and running four technicians, and and doing a million plus in sales for one guy. And and uh, I did that. I think a little bit of it was to prove that it can be done. So why can't we get people to do it for us? But uh, the stress, back to the stress is, yeah, I think I took a better measurement of the stress when I came back to work and I would, I would realize that, you know what, this, this is a pretty stressful job at certain times of the day and, and we need to deal with that. And uh, so I'm still dealing with that now, you know what I mean? So, but I think I'm more aware of it uh, when, when, I am being stressed out where I think we used to be able to blow off steam before or when it's getting stressful and, and to do something about it. Let's get from each of you um, your feelings, your synopsis of the support that you gave to Mark. And, and I know, uh, you know you, you've said so many great things, but uh, you know, a, a quick takeaway. Uh, Todd, let me start with you. I guess the takeaway from this is um, you know, these guys have given so much to me um, as a group and helped me, um, with my business. I mean, how could you not help someone else out? I mean, there's not even a, don't even really have to ask the question. If you're needed, you're there to help. I ask questions all the time. These guys are there to help right away. Email, email back almost instantly with either answers or directions. And you have that support group. And I think that's the key here. It is absolutely. Um, I'm very happy to be a part of it for sure. Honored to be a part of it. Thanks, Todd. Glenn? I would say that, uh, and to echo what Carlo and Mark had said, that I don't think I'd be in the position that I am today without the support of these guys and this group and other groups that have bolstered me in the past. Uh, for me, it really brought to light that um, I've, I've always tried to get my business where my business was working for me and I wasn't working for my business. And I think I've done a pretty good job of that. And I, it's enabled me to be able to be available to somebody like Mark that needed my help uh, as well as other things that we have going on in our lives that I need to attend to uh, on a drop of a phone kind of thing. So um, for me, I, I, yeah, just this, the whole group experience, the, the respect I have for these guys and the respect I get back. Um, I just say, you know, make your business work for you in whatever way you can. Thanks Glenn. Carlo. I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, my, uh, anybody reads the e-myth that talks about build your company like a global company, whether you're a two bay, six bay or multi-location. Mm-hmm. There is nobody who's going to say that you're going to be there every single day, your health or your family. So you need to build it so that someone else can operate it for you just in case or that your staff can at least take over just in case something happens. You just don't want to be handcuffed to your company. So no matter what size it is, build it for just in case something happens. Friendships, guys. I'm walking away with such an incredible warm feeling about friendships and you know how your your friends said you got to do this when you wanted to make the move, Carlo, to your big place. You've, you've just got to do this. The encouragement 
from your peers. Wow, how cool is that? Mark, so glad you're here. Wow, and a great lesson here. Your final thoughts. When the chips are down, you really know who your friends are. And I, I count these guys here as, as some of my closest friends. And I'm fortunate to be business friends as well as personal friends. And I think, I think the, the takeaway is um, uh, karma is a full circle. It comes around. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but I, th- I think um, what goes around comes around. And, and uh, we always try to give a, a giveaway anything we can to our colleagues in, in the automotive. Like I have shops that come call me for tools and equipment and I'll help them as much as I can. Or I got three shops right beside me and customers will come in for their appointment and they'll ask, you know, I'm talking to Don or something. I said, oh, I'm sorry, you're at the wrong shop. Let me, let me take you across the street to where you're supposed to be, you know, to my competitor across the street. And I think that pays dividends in the future, you know. I'm so impressed that you guys have that attitude of caring and support and uh, uh, will help the customer just about do anything to find the right place, Mark, like you just said. Wonderful stuff. Guys, thank you so much. What a great story and what a great friendship network that you have and and a business network. Thanks for being on Remarkable Results Radio. Thanks, Carm. Thank you, Carm. Thanks, Carm, for telling the story of these guys, how they helped me out. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark Bergazzi, Glenn Colling, Todd Sarson, and Carlos Sabuco. Thanks for sharing this story and for your support of your friend and for the amazing work you did to maintain Mark and Sandy's business through what could have been a business catastrophe. There's no boundary in the human spirit. When working together, we can always overcome whatever odds we encounter. Find the key talking points, additional bio information on Mark, Glenn, Todd, and Carlo at remarkableresults.biz slash E341. Hey, tell a friend about the Aftermarket's premier podcast and share the incredible content library for all aftermarket professionals. Hey, reach out. Carm at RemarkableResults.biz. B-I-Z. Hey, we'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time...